inside your bulletin is uh, one of these guides that I'd love for you to utilize. Uh, it has a spot there for you to take notes on the sermon. It's talking about the, it, it has on there the different core practices that we're going through each week. Uh, it also on the back has some of the core scriptures that you can go through on your own and, and spend some time going through those scriptures and, and spending some time in your own study on these topics. And then inside is a small group discussion guide. And several of our small groups are utilizing this in their group meetings. I'd encourage you to get into a small group, into one of our, our life groups if you are not involved in one. Uh, but this is also a discussion guide that you can take and uh, go to lunch with somebody else and, and have a discussion about what we're talking about or, or get a little group together of friends for, for lunch one day or dinner one evening and, and spend some time talking through these practices in your own life. And so, so this is something that you can utilize even if you're not in one of the life groups, uh, but certainly would encourage you to get involved in one of those as well. I want to start by, by reading Psalm 66 for us. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. God hears our prayers. He wants us to pray and prayer works. We have promises here that, that God will listen. And, and how we pray or don't pray can say a lot about what we believe about God. The type of prayer life that we have and experience is, is really shaped by these beliefs that we've been talking about uh, for this year. We've spent the year up to this point talking about the core beliefs that we have. Beliefs about God and, and God's love for us and God's desire to be in a relationship with us. Beliefs about what uh, we are as adopted sons and daughters because of what Jesus does on the cross. He doesn't leave us alone to fend for ourselves. God wants a relationship with us. He wants to interact with us. And he wants to hear from us. But we have to do our part in the relationship. We have to engage in that. Prayer is a spiritual practice where, where we are relating with God. It brings us closer into a relationship with God. It's an answer to his open-door policy where he says, knock and the door will be open. Prayer is, is the knocking on the door and, and coming in and spending time with the Father. Prayer is a privileged conversation that we have between God and his people, his children. And so today we're exploring this question of, of how do I grow by communicating with God? How do I grow by communicating with God? Now there are a couple of assumptions that are built into this question. You like how these questions each week kind of lead to the answer, right? So there's a couple of assumptions here. One is that you have a desire to grow. So we ask the question, how do I grow? Well, do you want to grow? So we need to start with that 
It's a prerequisite for the spiritual disciplines because we engage in these core practices not as a way to check off a list or, or a way to look better to others or to impress God. We engage in these core practices to grow as disciples of Jesus, to grow as his followers. And so by asking the question, how do I grow by communicating with God, we really have to first decide, do we want to grow? Do we want to grow as disciples of Jesus? Sometimes our prayers are just those 911 emergency situations, right? And so we get into a bind, and, and that's where we really begin to pray. But God wants us in more than just the 911 situations. He wants us in a relationship with him. And so to do that, we have to admit that, that we have a need and that we're not, we're not capable of accomplishing that all by ourselves. There's an act of surrender. There's a requirement for vulnerability and for honesty as we enter into this prayer relationship with God. But a, a second assumption here is that we believe that God wants to communicate with us. So how do I grow by communicating with God, well, we have to want to grow, and we have to believe that God really does want to communicate with us. Is that something that we really believe? We've talked through this series about what we believe about God, about him being in a personal relationship with us, us being in a personal relationship with him, and our identity as sons and daughters. We know that God cares for us, and he wants to be in a relationship with us. But we have to engage in that relationship. We have to, to want to be a part of that relationship, and God wants us to be there with him. He wants us to bring everything to him. He isn't threatened by us. He isn't discouraged by us. We can be honest with him. We can bring him our hurts and our fears and our, and our hopes and our celebrations. God wants us to bring everything to him. And so we have to try to answer this question of how of prayer. We look to Jesus as, as the ultimate example of prayer, right? We read through the Gospels of Jesus who models what it means to be a person of prayer. He would spend time with his Father. He would engage in that. He would receive his strength and encouragement and guidance and direction from God. Jesus would pray before and pray after major life events and major ministry situations that he found himself in. In Mark chapter 1, there's a, a full day of, of ministry and casting out of demons and healing people. It was, it was a rough day of dealing with crowds. And Jesus needs a time to recharge, and he needs to make sure that he's staying connected with his Father and so here's what he does, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so it was important for him to get up early, get up early in the morning. It's still dark outside. Before anybody else is moving and doing anything, he gets up and he leaves that place and he goes to a place by himself and spends time praying. He was intentional about this, about engaging in that. In Luke 6, Jesus is in the process of selecting the 12 disciples that will, will walk most closely with him, and 
he spends time in prayer before he makes the announcement of who these 12 will be. Luke 6, 12, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He would get up early in the morning or he would spend all night spending time with God. He finds a place to be alone to spend time with him. Later, Jesus gets some bad news as he, dis, as he finds out that, that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And so Jesus finished up his ministry for the day, and then he retreats to a secluded place and spends time praying. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. So he sends everybody away. And then after leaving them, he went on a mountainside to pray. That these traumatic situations happen, and, and there is this great hurt and this, this great disappointment in what has happened. And so he, he sends the crowd away, and he goes up to the mountainside and prays. Prayer becomes such an important part of Jesus' ministry and, and serves as an example for us up until till the very end where he knows that he is headed to a death on a cross. And so he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and spends the night in prayer. Then Jesus went to, with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. See the emotion that is going on. That Jesus is displaying incredible human emotion. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And so now he's including others with him. To be with him in this time of sorrow, in this time of hurt, he goes a little farther. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And so this is not just a, a nice, peaceful, quiet time with God. This is a fall on your face, sobbing and weeping time with God. That what, what he has to face and what he knows is coming up is only something that he can take to God. He can't bear it on his own. He can't do it himself. He has to go to God. And he wants God to take this away from him. That's his request. He says, I want this to be taken away from me. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have to endure this. But I'll follow your will anyway. And so Jesus gives us an example of, of what it means to retreat and go somewhere else and be with God, to go up early in the morning or late at night and, and, and spend time with God. He, he shows us of bringing people together to, to help stand with him in his hardest times, and, and he shows this willingness to submit and be obedient to what God answers in that prayer. Regardless of what the answer is, he's going to be obedient. And so how do we grow? How do we grow in our communicating with God? Prayer is more than giving God his to-do list. We're not just giving him his agenda for the day. It's a discipline that helps us to become more like Jesus. Prayer is not something that we're just giving to God. It's something that, that we are growing in as well. 
It's, it's not about changing God. It's about changing ourselves as we engage in prayer. And so I want you to remember uh, back in August, we spent a full six weeks going through prayer and going through a time of 40 days of prayer. And so if you weren't here then or if you missed that, I want to encourage you to go to the website and, and listen through that series because we were able to really dig into what prayer is in, in, in a very deep way and, and we're able to spend time on different aspects of prayer. So I want to encourage you to do that. But, but for this series and for where we're at today, we're going to spend some time on just like what is prayer and reminding us of how we grow through prayer. And so here's our attempt at answering this question. I pray to God to know him, to find direction for my life, and to lay my requests before him. I pray to God to know him, to find direction for my life, and lay my requests before him. So there are a lot of different aspects of prayer and a lot of elements of prayer that we could talk about, but we're going to focus in on these three and, and use this as an outline for us to talk about these three aspects of prayer. And so first, we pray as a way to know God. It's a way to know God. Which is interesting because you think a prayer is something that you speak and say to God. And so how do we receive something from him? And so have you ever been in a, in a relationship with somebody where you've been with them long enough that you start doing the things that they do? You start laughing the same way or you start doing some same gesture or mimicking something that they do. You're, you're able to finish each other's sentences or, or able to anticipate what they're going to say before they even say it. If you've been with somebody long enough in that, that kind of relationship, you start to rub off on each other and you start to mimic one another. And so our relationship with God is very similar. The more time we spend with him, the more time we spend with him in prayer and in the word and in worship, the more we start to look like him. The more he starts to rub off on us. The more we start to, to become what he wants us to become. And so that transformation begins to happen through prayer because through prayer we are getting to know him. We're not just handing over a to-do list to him. The more time in prayer we spend, the more we know the heart of God, the more we know who he is and what his, de his desires are for us. And we, we grow as disciples in that process. And so through prayer, we remember the, the things that God has done for us, the, the work that he's done, and we remember our own identity as well. We remember who we are to God. The psalmist says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. We remember the miracles that God has done. We remember the great things he has done for us. We, we remember the, the change that we have experienced because of him. And so when we pray prayers of adoration and we pray, pray prayers of thanksgiving, we're reminded of all that God has done for us. We rehearse those things and we remember those things and we meditate on those things. And through prayer, we get to know who God is. God wants us to engage in conversation with him. And it's not something that we should take lightly 
We're still praying to, to the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. It's an intimate conversation, and it needs to be treated with reverence, and it's something that we should engage in, but something that we need to maintain that reverence in. Ecclesiastes says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. And so we're getting to know God through our prayers, and, and often that means that we need to be listening more than we're speaking. That if we're the ones doing all the talking, we're not going to hear from God. If we're speaking too much, we're not able to listen. Have you been in a relationship with someone or, or tried to be in a relationship with someone where, where they did all the talking? They would talk and talk and talk and talk and you would listen and listen and listen and then the conversation was over. They don't know you. You haven't been able to, to share who you are because all they've done is talked. We all know that person, right? And if you don't know that person, you might be that person. Or maybe you need to listen more than you talk to hear the heart of another person and to listen to where they're at and ask them questions and engage with them in that so that you can learn who they are. If we are going to learn who God is, if we're going to know him, we need to stop talking. We need to start listening. He can't show us who he is if we won't shut our mouth. And so we need to be listening in prayer so that we can learn who God is and we can know him. But a second aspect of, of this prayer is that we pray as a way to find direction. We pray as a way to find direction that we need. Our uh, youngest now is in this phase where if she does not want to do something, she will sit herself down in the middle of the floor and start crying. Right? You would expect that of an 18-month-old, right? But how often do we do the same thing? It may not be so visible to the people around us, but so often I sit and I cry because I don't want to do it. I want it my way. We're so independent, right? Like we want it our way. And, and we look at a toddler and say, oh, such bad behavior. And I say, well, it's... We're the same way. We're just much more civilized about it, right? I want my way. I want to be independent. I don't want other people telling me what to do. I want it to be done the way I want it. And so we can be very stubborn about it. And prayer is something that is completely incompatible with that. That, that when we're praying, it is not about what I want. It is not about what my demands are. It's about God's direction for me. That when we come to prayer, there has to be submission to someone else. We're submitting to God and to what he wants. It doesn't work in a relationship with God for me to demand what I want. We have to surrender that. And so prayer puts us in this 
position where we're submitting to what God wants. We're submitting to his will. We're submitting to his direction. And so we are in this position where we have to listen to what he is saying for our lives. Through prayer, we ask God, what are you saying to me? What do you want for my day? What do you want for my week? What do you want for my life? Now, most of us don't pray this prayer. We don't ask the question, God, what is your direction for my life? Because we're scared to death of the answer. And so many of us will just avoid this aspect of prayer. We don't say, God, what is the direction you want for my life? Because I don't want to know the answer. Because that's going to be challenging and that's going to be difficult. But David gave us a great example of this in Psalm 25. He says, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. And then later in verse 12, he says, Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. Now, if we were to really take that prayer, really pray that every day and say, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. And he will instruct us in the way that we should choose. If we will pray that prayer, he will give us the direction that he wants for us, the the direction that is best for us. God shows us his ways. He shows us our paths. And through that, we get to know him more intimately. We get to know who God is. And so we come to know God more intimately if we will pray this prayer asking for his direction. And so these questions that we have used, these discipleship questions we've used frequently at the end of our services, we say, God, what are you saying to me? God, what are you saying to me? But then, very important question, what are you going to do about it? Because God can speak to us but we better be ready to be obedient to the things that he's calling us into. And so I pray, God, what is your path for me? What is the direction for me? And then be ready to be obedient to that. Another way we know God is that we, we pray as a way to lay our requests before God. And so we do take our requests to him. God is, is at work in the situations in our lives, and, and he wants us to take those situations to him. It isn't the only reason that we pray, but it is absolutely one of the reasons why we pray. This is where we bring our requests to him. We say, God, this is a situation that I cannot handle any longer. This is a situation that will only work if you are at work in it. And so we take these requests to God, and as we take these requests to God, we learn more about God. We learn the things that he wants for us. King Hezekiah was a leader who had uh, great boldness to speak on behalf of God. And he he had this illness that struck him. And in this illness, he was on his deathbed, and he prays. He asks that God will take this from him. Second Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. 
and Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, Go back to, and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of the people, This is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you, uh, on the third day from now you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And so Hezekiah brings this request to God, and he asks for healing, and, and God answers this healing. He, he answers with healing. And it's important to note here that, that this isn't some sort of formula where if we pray in a certain way, if we pray like Hezekiah, then God will answer our prayers because the answer is not always there. The answer is not always what we want. We bring our request to God. That's not a promise that he will deliver us from those things in a way that we expect, in a way that we demand, in a way that we think is best. And it's interesting to note here that at the end of this, the last thing God says is, I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. That often the answer that God gives us is for some greater good, is for some bigger picture, that, that he is healing Hezekiah for the sake of his bigger plan. It's not because Hezekiah is like, yeah, I'm sick, could you heal me? God says, I'm using you. And I need you another 15 years for this to work. And so there's this challenge in prayer where we, we come with these requests and we lay those requests to God and we have no idea how he'll respond to that. But he wants to hear those prayers. He wants us to submit those to him. And then we're faithful to walk through as Jesus did in the garden with the plan that God has for us. That even if that plan is not the plan that we would have picked, it's not the answer that we desired, we're going to walk through that with him anyway. Jesus teaches us to pray this way in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your da our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so we have here God's in, or Jesus' instructions to pray to God. We're praying to God in heaven, and we're asking that his kingdom, that, that as it is in heaven, it will be on earth, that, that the things here will be like they should be, that the things that are broken will be made right, that things will be restored. We pray for those things. We ask for our daily bread. We ask that our needs will be met. We ask that we'll be forgiven. We ask that we will be protected from the enemy who wants to bring us down. He says, ask for those things. Bring your requests to God. And as we bring our requests to God, we begin to change. 
It's not about his to-do list. It's not about checking off whether or not he answered this prayer or this prayer. It's about us coming to our Father and sharing our heart so that we can learn and grow from his heart. And we begin to change in that process as we learn what God's desire is, as we learn what God's rule and God's reign on this earth means, as we, as we realize what he wants for this place is so different than what my flesh wants. And so we get to know God through this process. And the outcome of prayer and the outcome of taking these requests to God is not necessarily how those things are answered it's not how those things are, are fulfilled the way we would want them to, but God does provide for us an incredible peace that we can't even imagine. That as we bring our request to God, it's not about having the right answer, it's about finding his peace. Paul, who faced incredible challenges and incredible heartache, he made his request to God, and those requests were not always answered. They were not always in his favor, but he still said this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so we don't have a guarantee of a prayer being answered in the way that we want to answer, but we do have a guarantee that if you take your request to God, you will receive the peace of God that transcends all understanding. That something that we cannot even comprehend, something that we cannot even define, something that we cannot even identify will rest on us from God because we brought our request to him. And so we pray that, that God will take this cup from me but when that cup is not taken, he still gives us his peace to rest on us. It's not just about getting a yes from God. It's about us in our relationship with God, finding his peace resting on us so that we have the strength to move forward regardless of what those answers are regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in. And it's through that process that we get to know God at a deeper and deeper level. And so how do you grow as a disciple? How, how do we grow as a disciple? By communicating with God. It's through these, th these three things. I pray, to know, I pray to God to know him, to find direction for my life, and to lay my requests before him. And if you will do each of those three things, if you will pray to have a relationship with him where you're listening more than you're speaking, if, if you will ask for him to, to direct your life and, and submit to what he calls you to, if you will lay your request before him and, and receive his peace that he gives you, through those things, we will come to, to know God at a deeper and deeper level. And then our goal of being like Jesus will get one step closer. That as we engage in this practice of prayer, we will grow and we'll become more like Jesus.